0: Hello and welcome to the Plaza Central podcast. Stay informed about Latin America's most pressing political, economic, and social developments. Plaza Central is a production of the Latin American program of the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars.
1: Hello and welcome to Plaza Central, a podcast of the Wilson Center's Latin American program. I am your host, Benjamin Gadan. Since the COVID-19 pandemic began ravaging Latin America in early 2020, China and Taiwan had both mobilized to distribute medical technologies, personal protective equipment, and later vaccines to their allies across the region, seeing an opportunity to reinforce diplomatic relationships and forge new ones. For Taiwan, preserving relationships in the Western Hemisphere through so-called medical diplomacy is a particularly urgent priority. Latin America is home to the biggest concentration of Taipei's remaining allies, and is also a battleground in its competition with an increasingly aggressive Beijing. In recent years, Costa Rica, Panama, the Dominican Republic, and El Salvador have cut ties to Taiwan in favor of formal relations with China. In December, Nicaragua did the same. Today, eight countries in the region still maintain diplomatic ties to Taiwan, including Guatemala, Haiti, Honduras, and Paraguay. Fortunately, after a late start, Latin America has achieved a relatively high vaccination rate, but it remains heavily dependent on medical imports, especially as it grapples with the impacts of the highly contagious Omicron variant of COVID-19. That challenge offers new opportunities to both China and Taiwan. However, Taiwan's capacity to respond to the region's needs does not approach Beijing's capabilities. China has sold hundreds of millions of vaccine doses in Latin America already. Indeed, immediately after cutting ties to Taiwan, Nicaragua received a large delivery of Chinese vaccines. In this episode, I am joined by Ian Chen, an associate professor at the Institute of Political Science at Taiwan's National Sun Yat-sen University. He is an expert on China's foreign policy and studies China's so-called vaccine diplomacy. We discuss the history of the rivalry between China and Taiwan, why Taiwan is so invested in preserving its remaining diplomatic ties in Latin America, and how China has wielded medical diplomacy to pressure Taiwan's allies to switch sides. Ian, thank you for joining us.
0: It's my pleasure to be here and thanks for the opportunity to to invite me to this podcast program. Ian, before we talk about
1: medical diplomacy and, and so-called vaccine diplomacy, I thought it'd be helpful to delve a little bit into the history of Taiwanese and and Chinese rivalries in developing regions such as Latin America. So, you know, the era that that used to be known as checkbook diplomacy. What were the tools that the Taiwanese and the Chinese were using to pull countries into one another's orbit and away from one another um, in the era before the
0: pandemic? Well, I think Latin America is a very important diplomatic battleground for both country, Taiwan and China. And you're quite right about the checkbook diplomacy. Both countries are trying to to provide uh, economic uh, incentives for those countries to to you know to to con- to uh, consolidate their diplomatic ties with uh, Latin American countries. And as you may know, that Taiwan's international space are quite limited. And uh, most of the countries that uh, have diplomatic ties with Taiwan is in Latin America, which is one important, a very important region. And after 2016, when our uh, dip, uh, Democratic Progressive Party was in, in in power, and you know that, which we call the DPP, and DPP is a little bit hostile to China. So after the DPP uh, were in power, then China is trying to uh, use, you know, more... Uh, intensive uh, economic statecraft in trying to persuade Latin American countries to switch their diplomatic allegiance from uh, from Taipei to to Beijing. And it's quite effective uh, during the last few years that there are several Latin American countries are in these, which their uh, diplomatic ties from Taipei to Beijing. And after they switch their diplomatic uh, allegiance, you can see that there's a huge uh, China's aid or investments are powering into those countries. So I think that's a very, very effective strategy. And I think the the battleground is uh, quite uh, intensive. It's not only about the, you know, the cross-strait politics. It's also about the Latin Americans' uh, economic situations. You see that countries that are are not, you know, they require a lot of economic resources to develop. They are more, sub, uh, sub uh, they're, they're more likely to accept uh, the China's economic spacecraft and to be persuaded to switch their diplomatic allegiance from Taipei to Beijing. So I think that's one of the great challenges for Taiwan right now. So maybe I probably, Ian, should have asked you this
1: question first. I sort of took for granted the idea that Taiwan should be fighting for the uh, allegiance of a lot of countries in regions like Latin America. Um, but maybe it's worth explaining why the so-called diplomatic space is important to preserve. What is the value of particularly small Caribbean nations, um, Paraguay in South America, some small Central American countries? Why is it so important that Taiwan maintains diplomatic ties with these countries?
0: Yeah, you're 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 right. You know, a lot of Taiwanese people are criticizing Taiwan's checkbook diplomacy because you know, when facing the China's economic uh, offensive in Latin America, Taiwanese government also power a lot of economic resources to those countries. But you know, but as a government in Taiwan, I think it's very important to have friends to speak out for Taiwan in the international organizations, especially you know, the big organizations like like you know you, if you're talking about the the COVID-19 pandemic the World Health Organization is one important place is the place to 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 have Taiwan's voice to to have you know our diplomatic friends to to voice out for Taiwan so and So even though, you know, those countries are considered, you know, less economically uh, developed or they may be politically weaker, but I think those countries are quite important to voice out for Taiwan in in many international organizations. So we don't see as a government standpoint, I don't think, you know, the Taiwanese government would, you know, underestimate the influence of the, you know, the countries from Latin American or Caribbean states. You mentioned that the
1: diplomatic space was closing and I think Latin America is a pretty good example of how Taiwan is losing this battle to maintain its diplomatic allies. Um, In the last few years, we've seen Costa Rica switch its diplomatic relations to Beijing. There was then a cluster of countries that did the same. They were uh, Panama, El Salvador, and the Dominican Republic, and most recently Nicaragua um, decided. Is there a sense now of inevitability that it's just a matter of time, that the resources that China can bring to bear Um, are simply impossible for Taiwan to match? Um, Or does Taiwan think that, you know, there is some number that it can preserve in perpetuity and maybe even expand the number of its partners in the Western Hemisphere?
0: Well, I think... To expand the number of the diplomatic ally in Latin American country for Taiwan is quite difficult. But I think you know, even though we confront a lot of uh, diplomatic pressures uh, from you know from China's economic offensive in Latin American country, I think the most important things right now for Taiwan is that those the Washington can provide, you know, can help persuade those countries to stay in the, the to maintain their diplomatic uh, relations with uh, Taiwan. As you may know, that the, the U.S. government has passed the so-called the, the Taipei Act, the Taiwan Allies International Protection Enhancement Initiative Act. Uh, I, think, I think a few, I, I think one or two years ago. And I think based on that act, the Washingtons are trying very hard to persuade those countries that are are, are trying are are thinking of whether we should, you know, answer into China's. Uh, dip, uh, economic diplomacy or vaccine diplomacy or not so you you might see that the recent case you mentioned about the nicaragua so that's a they just you know just uh, the country just broke the diplomatic relations with taiwan but i think one of the main reasons is that you know the, the the president the newly elected president have you know not a in a good relationship with uh, the Washington, so I don't think the Washington in that case will, you, you know, will, will make great efforts to to help to secure the diplomatic tie between Taiwan and Nicaragua. But you see, in the other case, like the Paraguay. Uh, Paraguay is is invited to the the Biden's uh, Summit for Democracy. And I think the Washingtons can be more capable of persuading those like-minded countries to state uh, to maintain their current diplomatic ties with Taiwan. So I think uh, the attitudes from D.C. is uh, another very important uh, factors to to, to determine whether Taiwan's uh, diplomatic relations in Latin America can be more secure.
1: So Ian, it's an important point you're making, which is that Taiwan relies heavily on the United States leverage in Latin America and other regions to maintain the diplomatic allies that it has developed um, over the years. And so that raises the question as to whether the United States has a must leverage to continue to serve this role for Taiwan. It certainly seems willing to do so, both under the Trump administration and under the Biden administration. But I, I do think there are questions as to whether the United States can continue um, to compete with China, just as Taiwan is attempting to do, in regions such as Latin America. And let's talk about Nicaragua, because I think it's a compelling example, um, not necessarily of the loss of U.S. leverage. You're right. The U.S. was isolating that um, authoritarian regime and and losing influence in in intentionally in that regard um but because of the promise of vaccines, right? There was a million vaccines that were um, promised immediately after the change in diplomatic recognition. Hundreds of thousands, I think, landed almost immediately. These were the Sinopharm vaccine made in China. Um, So I guess my question is, beyond all of the economic benefits that China has been offering and the soccer stadiums and infrastructure investments and special market access, now you've had this medical diplomacy and vaccine diplomacy as yet another appealing offer from China for countries to switch. And so the amount of leverage the United States needs um is challenged, I, I guess I'm I'm saying, given what's happened during the pandemic. So so maybe just tell me, Ian, how you've seen this dynamic shift throughout the last two years.
0: Well I think in 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 Nicaragua's cases, I'm not quite sure about whether it's you know it's a demonstration of the success of China's vaccine diplomacy because to me it's more about the domestic political issues in Nicaragua since you know the the newly elected presidents and Biden criticized the election to be you know unfair and worried about the countries are moving toward the authoritarian regime so I think, and also I think compared with other Latin American <clears throat> countries, Nicaragua's level of crisis, the pandemic crisis are not as high as other countries. So I don't think, you know, Nicaragua is a is a good demonstration of China's, the success of China's vaccine diplomacy. So I would see a more successful case for, for, for China's vaccine diplomacy is in the Guyana's case. Earlier in 2021, both countries Guyana and Taipei are trying to sign an agreement to establish representative office in their respective capitals. But, you know, after, you know, the announcement of that plan, the China, China's foreign minister just issued an official warning and trying to persuade the countries to correct actions to, you know, to and eliminate the negative effect of this deal. And, you know, it very, it very interesting, you know, after the announcement from China, the Uh, Guyana's foreign minister posts a photograph of himself on Facebook and standing side by side with China's diplomats and announcing that there's a lot of vaccines earmarked for Guyana has been just approved by the Chinese government and not long after you know the fine, fine, uh, the foreign minister posted another announcement on Facebook stating that the government has not established any diplomatic ties or relations with Taiwan and you know as a result of the miscommunication of the agreement just signed it this agreement has since been terminated <laughs> so I think this is to me is uh, the most you know demonstrated demonstrating cases of China's vaccine diplomacy
1: yeah so I think you're right that is a good- case. You saw with Paraguay, we've talked about uh, Taiwan's uh, only ally in South America that at times um, was really struggling to acquire enough vaccines for its population and was very obviously not able to access vaccines from China. And it created another debate in Paraguay, which has been happening every few years lately, about whether the cost of the relationship with Taiwan is too great
0: yeah I think for Paraguay, the major issue is whether it can obtain vaccines from countries or from manufacturers other than the Chinese manufacturing company. So I think if the you know the u s or the European country or even India can cooperate more with the, with, you know, the answer, the request from Taiwan and the Washington, you know, trying to export more vaccines to Paraguay, I think that will will help, you know, alleviate the political pressures that was uh, was put on the, the president. And I think the president has, has been facing a, a hard time <laughs> in the political crisis uh, out of the, you know, the pandemic. And there's also an impeachment attempt have been have been performed last year. So I think it all depends on the availability of the Western vaccines to to Paraguay.
1: So before we conclude, I I wanted to step back in and, and get your evaluation of how China's standing in Latin America has changed overall Um, due to the pandemic. Initially, I think there was some expectation that China's image would suffer for its mishandling and and lack of transparency in the early phase of the pandemic. After that, the story we were told is that China's medical diplomacy, its sales of massive amounts of personal protective equipment and ventilators in the region would give it an advantage um, over Taiwan. Then we were told that its wolf warrior diplomacy was too aggressive, and the kinds of vaccine diplomacy you're describing would disadvantage China because it was seen as so politically motivated. um, And it was almost extortion of countries saying that you would only get these life-saving vaccines if you would switch diplomatic relationships. And we have found, in fact, that polling has shown in lots of regions that the image of China has suffered in recent years. So looking at all those factors overall, where does the China-Taiwan rivalry stand in Latin America after two years of the pandemic?
0: I think after the pandemic, uh, China has been gaining, I think, uh, greater attractions in Latin America in terms of the, its diplomatic rivalry with, with Taiwan. And sure, it has been quite helpful to repair its image as the origin of pandemic and the mishandling of the initial outbreak by you know, donating uh, more vaccine to the Latin America. And you're right, that Latin American... Uh, it's the region that accept the highest proportions of China's vaccines. So, I, but I think all this kind of you know uh, situation also results from the lack of access to the Western vaccines. So in this situation, I think you know the advantage has been shifting to to China. There's no no doubt. Even though I think the, the the popularity of China is declining, but I think compared to 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 other countries, especially in Western countries, the China's image in Latin America are not as, you know, as, as being harmed as as serious as in, in other countries. So I think for Taiwanese government is going to be a very, you know, the challenge become greater and greater. Uh, but, you know, but I think, if the pandemic can be, you know, controlled and then the mass production of Western vaccine can be can be possible and, you know, through the COVAX the Western country can show can can shoulder more responsibility to donate more vaccines and giving those and, and giving those vaccines to the Latin American countries. I think, you know, uh, given that China's vaccine has been considered last uh, uh, less ideal and the effective, uh, the effectiveness has been questions. I think if the Western countries are trying to do more, the the balance, you know, the, the influence will, you know, will tilting back again to 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 Western countries. And also, I think that would be a good news for Taiwan.
1: <laughs> I know I promised that was the last question, Ian, but I I must ask about Honduras. Um, in the campaign, Honduras's new president. Um, suggested that she was planning to switch ties from Taiwan to Beijing. US diplomats traveled to Honduras and for now seemed to have dissuaded her Um, One of the major arguments that the U.S. brings to the region is that there is a values mismatch between China and Latin America and that Taiwan, being a democratic country, um, has much more in common with the values of Latin America, as you've talked about with both checkbook diplomacy, medical diplomacy, now vaccine diplomacy, um, a region that is struggling like Latin America is may not be able to afford to make decisions based on values Um, Given what China is offering, you know, what do you expect to happen very quickly in Honduras during the presidency of Xiomara Castro?
0: So I think the Honduras case uh, is, a, is quite important to, to Taiwan so far because, you know, compared with uh, China's economic offensive, Taiwan cannot compete. So I think the most important thing is how, you know, the people-to-people's relation, how our diplomats can you know, effectively security Honduras. Probably I think the, the Taiwan will provide more economic assistance to Honduras and trying to dissuade their possible switch of diplomatic ties to Beijing. But I admit that this is a quite, (laughs) it's an ugly diplomatic battlefield for for Taiwan and, and, and China now happening in Honduras.
1: And, you know, I'll note it isn't just resources, it's diplomatic energy. The Taiwanese vice president attended the inauguration in Honduras, a sign that for now, at least, Taiwan is not giving up on its remaining allies in Latin America. Ian Chen, thank you so much for sharing your insights. I greatly appreciate it.
0: Thank you very much for the invitation. You have been listening to Plaza Central, a podcast about Latin America's most pressing political, economic, and social developments. This episode was produced and edited by Oscar Cruz. To learn more about our program, please visit wilsoncenter.org LAP. Please join us next time for another episode of Plaza Central.